When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast, bringing you the latest updates from the world of sports, gambling, and pop culture. Because you can't have a show without hot takes or a Tiger King meme these days. Know what I'm saying? Now, with over 200 episodes and ready to get after it again, here's your host, Dwayne Callender. Welcome to the show, everyone. I got to talk about a number of items because I keep uh, getting folks asking about when are sports coming back. You know, we're at the end of May here. And to be perfectly honest, you know, there are a lot of uh, there are a lot of discussions going on uh, across sports leagues uh, because uh, you've got a number of uh, leagues across the globe. That are restarting. I mean, the the Bundesliga over in Germany uh, restarted uh, not too long ago, and you have Project Restart uh, coming up next week uh, with the uh, English Premier League. Uh, you know, it's not out of the realm of possibility here that you know the U.S. is going to be summarily left behind uh, by the rest of the world. And to be perfectly honest with you. I can't even say that it's unwarranted because, you know, just being blunt, the U.S. in terms of actual testing and other measures uh, uh, compared to the rest of the world is woefully behind. You know, in terms of actually getting uh, a handle on uh, what's going on from the standpoint of, A, uh, getting the safety uh, uh, procedures in place, there needs to be an actual uh an uh an actual referendum in place in terms of total testing done being able to uh isolate where the cases are uh, popping up across the country and being able to isolate uh, you know that's the whole purpose of the contact tracing not knowing where the cases are basically forces every sports league to go into uh, what would be a sports bubble, in, in a sense, uh, wherein everything is enclosed, nothing's uh, uh, nothing's emerging out of there, and you're you're basically self quarantining from the rest of the world. Uh, it, well, in this case, the U.S., but uh, you get what I'm saying. So right now, as it stands, we don't really quite know. Uh, you know, obviously, New York was uh, the epicenter. Uh, uh, not too long ago, uh, case counts are coming down. But, uh, you know, in terms of uh, some of these other locations, uh, there, there's, uh, you know, there's signs that it's starting to pop up uh, uh, in other parts of the country. And while, yes, uh, uh, the cases are coming down uh, across the country because everyone stayed inside, uh, basically uh, from a social distancing standpoint, you know, none of these uh, places have any mask procedures. You know, these economies are opening back up. Your businesses are resuming. 
cases are going to shoot up again. And, you know, again, I, I know folks are going to listen to me say that, you know, I'm being way too conservative here, uh, you know, and, and cautious. But, you know, if we're being honest with ourselves here, safety should be the priority. And the fact that there's still questions about the amount of testing being done, here's the quandary that uh, sports leagues are going to find themselves in. A, you need to test everyone involved uh, because, you know, as much as people want to say, well, the, uh, the incidents of uh, death are going down, uh, here, here's uh, the bugaboo about just saying, you know, what's to worry about from a death standpoint. There are other complications being tied to COVID-19 that people aren't uh, being honest with themselves about. You know, there seem to be issues with uh, uh, breathing that, that we know of in terms of the lung capacity. Well, after the, the diagnosis of COVID and uh, getting a negative test, there seem to be uh, some uh, instances of uh, folks not being able to recover physically for months on end uh, from uh, a respiratory standpoint. And there are cases across the globe documenting this. So it's a very uh, distressing, uh, uh, to be perfectly honest with you. And there also seems to be some other complications from cognitive functions. You know, there are like scientists are still trying to figure out what the heck this virus actually does. So again, I'm going to talk about what the sports leagues are doing, but from a realistic application standpoint, we are shooting blindly in terms of what's going to go on with these sports leagues. uh, Whenever they resume, because you know, again, the safety has to be paramount here. Uh, and I know folks are going to say they get paid millions of dollars, but look at it this way. Many people who have been uh, getting in, in, in trapped with this, you know, have been on the blue collar side and they can't go back to work because of the complications they've received. So imagine if you're a professional athlete, your source of income is your peak physical ability. If that gets encumbered in any way, shape or form long term, your career is essentially over. So you're essentially uh, rolling the dice that everything's going to work out. And if you're on a long-term contract, the team, while some leagues are guaranteed, and baseball, it's a lot harder to buy out contracts. And the NBA, yeah, they can still uh, find ways of uh, downsizing that contract. In football, you are going to get cut. So football is the number uh, sport where I always look at it from a contact standpoint with COVID. That you know, I I think football is going to need to have some type of vaccine in place in order to proceed moving forward. Uh, I'm going to get to the college uh, sports in a, in a bit as well because that that's uh, the the other complication here uh, that folks aren't really being honest with themselves about it. If uh, uh, to be perfectly honest with you. All right, so without much further ado, let's talk about uh, the sports uh, in the interim that are getting themselves ready uh, to resume play in the U.S. The furthest along is the NHL. Uh, Not really a surprise just because the labor and the owners seem to be most on board uh, with uh, trying to get some type of resolution uh, for the playoffs, and they're ending the regular season as is. So, under the proposed format for the NHL, essentially, you're having a 24-team playoff 
with a play-in format uh, uh, to uh, essentially determine the second-round matchup. So uh, under these formats, uh, again, you have uh, an expansion from the 16 to the 24. Uh, those additional spots are going to be determined uh, by uh, the current standings uh, in the league. So, uh, you know, as it stands, uh, the top seeds uh, on the Eastern Conference side, you got the Bruins as the overall number one, Tampa at two, the Capitals at three, Flyers at four. Now, it sets up some very interesting play-in series. Uh, the last team to technically get in on the Eastern Conference side are the Montreal Canadiens. They would uh, uh, face off against the Penguins as the five seed. Uh, Carolina, as the six seed, would play my New York Rangers as the 11th seed. Uh, the Islanders uh, would face off against the Panthers in the 7-10 matchup. And the Maple Leafs uh, would face off against... Uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets as the nine seed. Over in the Western Conference, uh, you have top seeds uh, being uh, St. Louis, who was the overall uh, uh, seed in the West. Uh, they and I, I believe uh, that the uh, Blues technically would qualify as the overall uh, top seed in the NHL uh, based off of the scoring format. If it ended today, I'll, I'll double check that. Uh, but uh, Colorado would be the two seed. Vegas as the three seed. Uh, Dallas as the four seed. Uh, in terms of the play-in matchups, uh, it, uh, again, with this expanded format, you're going to see teams that were out of the playoffs uh, uh, by the end of the uh, season, and no more so than in the uh, Western Conference. In the East, it was very tightly packed. In the West, there, there were a lot more discrepancies in terms of teams that definitely were not in the hunt for making uh, the uh, the playoffs. But, uh, you know, uh, the 5-12 uh, matchup would be the Oilers as the 5 seed versus Chicago as the 12 seed. Again, the Blackhawks were pretty much out of uh, uh, contention uh, at only 72 points. So uh, they were uh, barely uh, qualified to, uh, to make it. But, Again, nobody else in the West was really there at that point. That uh, you know, that was the last uh, cutoff there. Uh, you know, even the, if you compare uh, the Easter uh, Easter Conference, uh, uh, Montreal again, uh, they were at seventy one. But then, they, if you look at the other seeds in the East, Rangers were seventy nine points, uh, Islanders eighty points, Columbus eighty one, Carolina eighty one, uh, Toronto eighty one. It's like it was densely packed. In the uh, in the Eastern Conference, so that's what made it made it uh, such a crapshoot in terms of seeding it this way. Because technically, you know, in the East, you know, they, they were so tightly packed that uh, you know it's it's a hair's breadth as to how those seedings really matter. But uh, you know, getting uh, back to it, over in the, in the Western Conference, uh, oh, and actually, I was mistaken there. Uh, St. Louis only had ninety four points, so. Uh, the Bruins uh, definitely uh, would hel- hold on to the overall uh, number one seed in the playoffs uh, as they were at 100, uh, 100 points. But going back into the Western Conference, 5-12 matchup, Oilers versus Blackhawks. Uh, 6-11 uh, would be Nashville versus uh, Arizona. 7-10 matchup would be uh, the Vancouver Canucks versus the Minnesota Wild. And the 8-9 matchup uh, would be 
a Canada uh, throwback uh, between the Calgary Flames versus the Winnipeg Jets. So, again, under these proposed formats, and again, no one knows when this is going to happen. Uh, I, my guess is late July, maybe August at best, because you got to get all the players back in shape, even if people want to come back, which, again, it's a big, big issue. Uh, you know, this was just a formalized, uh, well, not necessarily formalized, but like a commitment by the uh, NHLPA that they would be willing to play uh, into uh, the summer months uh, just to determine uh, an overall winner of the Stanley Cup. So, again, a lot to discuss from a safety protocol standpoint where these games are going to get played. But this is the technical proposed playoff format, uh, considering that the NHL season ended, uh, is effectively over for the 2020 year. So, Again, for folks like me who have season tickets and, uh, uh, you know, had games left, you know, individual teams are going to reach out. Most likely option would be rolling over the ticket balance into next season. You know, again, whenever, because I have my doubts on how sports are going to resume with a fan capacity anytime soon. I I think 2021 uh, is... It's looking more and more disingenuous as we proceed along for indoor sports. Maybe outdoor, but for indoor arenas, I I got my doubts. I really do. But, you know, uh, from the, the framework in mind, the NHL is the furthest along of uh, the major sports leagues in North America. So uh, that's what we've got so far uh, on the NHL side. Got to shift gears over to the next furthest along is the NBA. Uh, you know, NBA, uh, you know, they're still looking to resume uh, some type of regular season format. The, the plan would be to invite only the teams that are legitimately in playoff contention uh, into uh, some sort of uh, uh, format. So, uh, the talk is uh, that Orlando may be the destination for the NBA. Uh, even the NHL doesn't have a set location as of yet. But uh, the, the the rumor is is that the NBA is going to use uh, facilities at Disney World in some capacity to host uh, some type of uh, a sports bubble, if you will, wherein all the players, coaches, uh, media members, everybody's in one designated location, nobody uh, uh, nobody goes out after they go in. Uh, so, again, this is a massive commitment of every single person because uh, you, you got to think about it. Hotel staff and everybody else, they got to stay inside as well in the bubble. So you're basically looking at it from a, a time period of, you know, because the NBA is still planning on doing the regular season and the postseason. So you're looking at a time horizon for the NBA. That's going to be even longer than the NHL, wherein, you know, essentially you've got about a three to five month period of trying to settle out the season. And it's like, I, I have my, you know, the, the NBA is doing a very ambitious plan. I just have the most doubts about the NBA's plan because they're not just immediately resuming with the playoffs. So you're going to still try to play out the regular season. Try to keep everyone healthy so you're not doing back-to-back games and also maintain a bubble for all the staff and personnel that are going to be in it. I mean, I I really, 
you know, it's a fascinating case study. Uh, for me, I would, I would say the the NBA players have a very serious decision to make whether or not they would uh, would uh, would uh, operate under that fashion because it is a very uh, tenuous situation at best where it you're operating under what amounts to an honor code that no one's going to violate the bubble, no one's going to uh, not socially distance. You know, again, uh, if we seem to be having enough trouble getting testing done, uh, I I have my doubts about professional sports uh, in the summertime. But the NBA's plan at least seems to be the most convoluted of the ball to try to execute. It's going to take a lot of commitment from every and all hands on deck. So the NBA players and owners have to be on the same page in order to pull this off because. Again, if somebody violates that bubble and gets a uh, uh, you know gets a positive test and uh, puts everyone else at risk, it, it's it's going to have reverberations for years to come. Uh, this is a very ambitious plan by the NBA as to how they're going to go about uh, handling things, but we're we're going to see uh, how uh, uh, things move along. But uh, you know, from my perspective, the testing. You know, uh, it has to be comprehensive to in order to get into the bubble. And, you know, again, from a public health standpoint, I, I could see normal people who don't care about sports revolting at this idea that professional sports leagues are essentially cutting the line in terms of testing. Because, again, the, people can say whatever they want about, oh, well, we're going to pay for our own testing. It's only a couple of labs that are doing the profession uh, are doing the testing. For coronavirus. So again, you know, you got a private institution prioritizing a private sports league over millions of Americans. It, it, it's a bad PR look. People are already starting to talk about it. I think that uh, those talks are only going to further intensify uh, over uh, the next couple of weeks and months. So for the NBA to pull this off, there has to be a ramp up of testing as a whole. Uh, in order for this not to blow back on them, because I could easily see a situation uh, where the NBA tries to undergo the bubble, uh, they need accelerated testing, and the uh, public at large is getting more and more hostile to how sports leagues are conducting themselves. The next uh, item that I'm going to talk about is MLS. And now, I know most folks don't care about MLS, uh, in general, but you know, you see the soccer leagues in Europe uh, go underway. MLS is trying to adopt a similar model with the NBA, and my concern with MLS is with as tight-fisted as MLS owners are in terms of making a profit above all else and negotiating a deal, because the MLS season basically only uh, played uh, two or three games. I, I uh, depending on uh, which team. It is that they were only two or three games into the season before it got canceled. The problem with MLS that they're going to have is they don't have the resources of the NBA. So to execute a similar bubble strategy basically is going to rely even further upon the honor system of players and uh, coaches to uh, socially distance and stay away. 
they're but they're not going to be able to do the same accommodations the NBA would have with having everyone in a bubble. Like they they're going to be at the mercy of wherever they play, and most likely all this is going to go down in Orlando and Florida. They're going to be at the mercy of outside forces potentially contaminating the bubble. Unlike the NBA, which can afford to have like pay Disney uh, to uh, hold them all in uh, one place. I, I think MLS is in trouble with trying to resume. Uh, so all these uh, other leagues where you got Premier League that it has Project Restart where, you know, provided that the league doesn't shut, uh, England doesn't shut down over coronavirus again, Liverpool's going to win the league in about uh, within one or two weeks of uh, that whole Project Restart uh, going in England. And then the English league, uh, you know, at that point just becomes the matter of who's going to settle up in uh, in the in the final Champions League spots. Uh, but uh, by and large, in the uh, Germany with the Bundesliga, Serie A, uh, all these places, even Italy, as hard-hit as Italy was, when the reports were coming out that uh, uh, New York uh, New York could end up becoming like Italy, Italy's turned things around. Like, the cases are coming down from what I see. Uh, see in Italy. The problem is in the U.S., we are, you know, and I'm not trying to make light of it, but, you know, it's an it's unmitigated disaster. The U.S. is at a, uh, approximately 100,000 deaths. No matter how much people want to dispute the deaths of exactly how it could be determined as COVID or not, you got uh, uh, nearly 100,000 people dead already. You got over a million positive tests of COVID. No matter what you actually want to argue, uh, stating that the death rate isn't that bad, COVID-19, for all intents and purposes, has very uh, unique attributes that no one quite understands the long-term effects on the human uh, physiology. So uh, for the folks that are poo-pooing it and saying that, oh, you don't need to worry about the... uh, children getting it. it you don't know that it, they're uh, it's a hypothesis but that that, that could change on a dime uh, once uh, further test uh, uh, studies are done and again those studies aren't going to be uh, available for months uh, from now so again it, it's it's a presumptuous at best to assume uh, that uh, you know with increasing caseloads here in the US, that these sports leagues are going to be able to resume properly. And that's what leads me to the biggest, uh, shall we say, uh, cluster of them all, which is baseball. Baseball right now seems to be dead set on not only shooting itself in the foot, kneecapping itself, and then taking a... Uh, header off the die board with uh, no water in the pool. Baseball, the MLB owners have essentially decided to use the pandemic to negotiate the collective bargaining agreement with the Players Association 18 months early. The CBA is not up yet. They have the CBA through the end of next season before it expires. The MLB owners have essentially used the pandemic to try to negotiate a brand new CBA as part of resuming operations for baseball. 
when the country's looking at baseball to at least lead the other sports leagues in terms of being an outdoor sport that maybe you can work around the pandemic if you can find ways of of managing the risk, which I don't because I, I don't know how anyone realistically expects baseball to be played where you can't spit, you can't yell, you can't throw the ball around amongst other players when you're constantly touching the ball. I I don't like people who ha- like haven't played baseball. I don't think I understand how many times like uh, uh, their social interaction in baseball just with respect to the ball itself and how it's handled. That's me personally, but from a logistics standpoint and a financial standpoint, the original agreement that the players' association and the owners uh, had a tentative agreement on resuming play at some point this year in March seems to have been walked back by the owners who are now saying that because there are no, they're not going to be any fans in the stands that they got to renegotiate the deal. I'm sorry. Anyone who actually thought fans would be in the stands back in March and we're, we're now at the end of May. If anyone actually thought that there were going to be fans in the stands in, in, in a two month period, I'm sorry. You're an idiot. I, I, it's just a flat out idiot. I, I don't know who you were listening to. And frankly, I don't care what where you get your news from. Although maybe I should care a little bit more because given some of the reporting I've seen done by certain outlets and certain things that I keep hearing from the White House, you know, some some of you need to actually take a biology class again, uh, just to actually understand how uh, 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 human physiology works. Because the the notion that you could actually have fans close together in seats. When it's been widely uh, 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 documented by scientists that uh, this virus spreads through close uh, proximity and trans- uh, uh, and and transmission uh, uh, through uh, uh, through droplets as you're talking. So even as I'm doing this podcast, there shouldn't be anyone near me as I'm talking through it. That's not in my household. Period. So, be that as it may, you actually want fans in the stands yelling and screaming, and that was part of your revenue game plan moving forward. You know, the MLB owners are either being disingenuous or incompetent. The fact that they're actually renegotiate trying to renegotiate this with the playoffs uh, players is infuriating because everyone's going to blame the players for being greedy and not taking a pay cut. But the fact of the matter is, if your boss was that incompetent to agree to a deal where in no one legitimately thought people were going to be in a stance, like, I'm sorry if, you, if you're that incompetent, but that's on you. The players should not be accepting any prorated uh, contract. They have a CBA in place. Realistically, the, mark, uh, the situation is what it is. There's no getting around this virus where... You're you're gonna be able to play with anyone in the stands. Like that, that was just a misnomer. If the owners actually thought the fans were gonna be in stands, they, I thought by all means, a Rob Manfred as the MLB commissioner should have been fired as a lawyer. And, and I, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> Man, uh, uh, Rob Manfred is a fellow.
Regians such as self, but you know the fact that that could have even been thrown out in the media and in public sphere that the reason why the owners are backtracking off of this is because they thought the fans were going to be in the stands. That is that that is just utterly ridiculous. What are we doing? What are we doing? Exactly, Taylor. Uh, it, it doesn't make any sense. So again. Using a pandemic to try to uh, uh, win a deal from a labor standpoint, bad luck. Actually assuming that fans would be able to attend games in the middle of a pandemic, bad luck. It, 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 none of this makes any sense. Unless you were either not paying attention to the medical science going on and uh, just didn't care about the health and well-being of fans. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if some of these owners actually had fans sign waivers uh, if that was their plan all along, was to have the fans sign waivers that if they got coronavirus uh, uh, after going to a game that they couldn't sue the team. Maybe that was the plan. I don't know, but whatever it is, it, it is completely irresponsible to go about it that way. So from the standpoint of baseball should have had its act together, it should have been uh, probably one of the first sports to reemerge because of the fact that, again, it's still outdoors. As hard as it is to implement uh, strategies, uh, baseball doesn't seem to be even remotely close uh, to being ready to resume a season. Uh, you know, I thought maybe they uh, would have uh, some framework in place to uh, resume option, uh, uh, resume uh, getting back into training, getting uh, folks back into shape for uh, some type of spring training uh, outlet and get uh, and then and then resume uh, uh, to actually begin the season in uh, like a, with July one or before the fourth of July uh, to kick off. That's out the window now. There's no there's no there's no way possible for that to happen uh, the way uh, baseball is currently construed, which is insane to think about. Uh, but uh, that's the situation we're in now, and because of that. The baseball just looks as though they have complete egg on their face, and it's not going to get any better because the acrimony between the players and the owners only seems to be ratcheting up, not dying down, and the fans are getting tired of it. And I'm already tired of talking about it. And, uh, you know, it's only been about, uh, we're only about uh, uh, 15 minutes into this rant, but let's get to uh, the biggest culprit that I have to pick an issue with. And as much as I'm annoyed with baseball, the biggest one I got to pick a bone with is college football. Because the NFL has the most amount of time, and they have money. And they have uh, the, uh, the players under a CBA. College football, meanwhile, they don't have players. They have student athletes. Emphasis on student. The way things are lining up, most... Uh, uh, universities in uh, places of higher learning are planning to have virtual classes this year. And that's already is, uh, is the direction most uh, places are leaning towards. They're saying they're going to make a decision at some point uh, in June or July as to uh, how uh, the fall semester will be handled. But everyone's prepping as if this is going to be virtual only. If you can't have individuals in dorms, and you can't have classes, uh, uh, in-room classes. 
and the students aren't going to be on campus in the fall. How the f are you actually going to sell the fact that you're having college football in the fall when there are no students? Oh, the football team can play together. They, they, they're, they're representing the university. Nonsense. If anything that's going on with this pandemic, if college football actually acts as though the football teams can be the lone exception to the university having representation in the fall in, in an in-person capacity, then it's time to drop the, the, uh, the ridiculous pretense that these are not uh, professionals that you're paying. Uh, because, uh, well, well, that you're not paying necessarily because you, you uh, uh, the NCAA keeps uh, pretending that because they're student athletes, they can't be paid. They can't be compensated for their labor. But again, if you shifted to virtual classrooms, no one's on campus outside of the professional team, uh, the, the college team. What makes them different than a contract professional? All the other students are gone. They be gone. There, there be no one in the stands. Who are you playing the games for? Oh, they're representing the university. Uh, how are they representing the university if no one's in the stands? You know, again, the pandemic is exposing so many inaccuracies within society and just the pretenses that they operate under and have been lying about for years now. There is absolutely no way that college players should be subjected to having to play in the fall when everyone else is staying away because they're on a scholarship and they're and they're being told oh yeah well the scholarship's gonna uh, is the rationale of you staying here uh, so you gotta uh, so you're 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 being adequately compensated here's the reality situation if any of those players start testing positive for coronavirus and in any capacity that they're unable to perform, here's what's going to happen to them. University is going to rescind that scholarship. And then they're going to have nothing to go back on. Period. So what's the recourse? Nothing. The players are literally subjecting themselves to a major medical risk and health risk for no compensation, and they have no legal recourse if they contract it. So... Even if they test positive, and you know, all things to consider, uh, no one dies because that's the that's the elephant in the room. No one's talking about if someone actually died. Because here's the thing: you have unpaid labor, potentially at risk of dying. But if they don't die, you can just claim, "Oh, well, you know, medically he can't compete anymore." So. Uh, we're 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 gonna we're gonna rescind his scholarship, uh, and uh, you know we'll 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 provide other accommodations for him to transfer to a different university or uh, a location of uh, academic learning instead. That's the hypocrisy that's being perpetuated by uh, the NCAA right now. They they're trying to maintain that these are not unpaid contractors that they're rolling out. Uh, there uh, potentially for the fall. College, uh, college is going to have to make a, a decision one way or the other. But 
you know, the the notion that they can claim that uh, these uh, student athletes are just student athletes and not actual contractors at this point is uh, preposterous. Because the simple fact of the matter is that no matter how you slice it, they would be the only one subject to coming back on campus in the fall the way things are shaping up now. You you may not want to agree with this point, but you can't deny the fact that something about this smells incredibly fishy. So that's where we stand right now. So for everyone asking me when sports are coming back, I'm not even sure if it makes sense for sports to come back in this summer uh, time period. The other countries seem to have their act together. Uh, I mean, the U.S., I, I don't even know what to say. I don't even know what to say. The leader of the free world is so woefully behind the times right now that all these other groups uh, are trying to make their adjustments and, co- and compensate for that. But the fact that you've got uh, states that are resuming operations with no guidelines being adhered to whatsoever, this is just going to be an absolute disaster if we continue on this uh, present trajectory. Because, you know, for all intents and purposes, if some of these states have to reclose again after opening back up in a few months, we've lost this entire summer and we're heading into the fall uh, with no uh, proper control. So, so again, summer sports maybe uh, are very much at risk right now. The fall absolutely is in, is in peril right now. So, again... These are all proposed ideas, nice in theory, but we may be looking at a scenario where we're seeing American sports being played in Canada or other countries if we don't get our act together quickly. So that's not a political message. That's a healthcare message and a, and a message on behalf of uh, the degenerate de- de- gamblers across the U.S., such as myself. Uh, we are very much at risk of losing sports in the United States as it stands right now, and we're at the end of May. I don't even want to know what to say come the next couple of months if things uh, really start getting hairy because it's going to get ugly uh, very quickly if things don't turn around and we don't get proper testing because the last thing we need is the general public turning against sports in general because they got testing that they couldn't get. It's it's just that simple. Because if you look at uh, the grand scope of things, professional sports, you know, for all you, uh, all you want to make up of uh, that c- comes into from a revenue generating standpoint, professional sports, the sports leagues only comprise about just over $50 billion in total revenue. I mean, and that, that I know that sounds like quite a bit of money, but, but realistically, that is only like a drop in the bucket compared to some other companies uh, uh, in the U.S. I, I mean, Harley Davidson is like, like $5 billion. You got the... A pay, like Sherwin Williams, like uh, 
you you've got like large large companies uh if you tally them up like a, a professional business like there were multi-billion dollar uh, uh, companies that easily eclipse all of pro sports and even then the largest pro sport uh, is the nfl at 16 billion like sherwin williams is bigger than the nfl like again the the paint store company is bigger than the nfl the nfl and all these other major sports their cachet is uh identification of brand by fans but if the general public is still this much up in arms and concerned about their own personal health and well-being, they're going to basically say, you know, screw the sports. Like, I need to be safe. And no amount of cajoling from politicians is going to change that. So, realistically, the priority needs to be uh, more focused on actually getting this under handle than trying to reopen sports as soon as possible. Because this is going to have blowback potential of epic proportions if it's not squared away. So I apologize if I sound like a Debbie Downer, but at this point, like we gotta get a, we, we gotta get our uh, we gotta get our act together. Uh, I'm I'm trying not to cuss because uh, my mama doesn't like me when I cuss, but like this is this is not anything remotely close to being under control, and we're losing time. And this uh, and the sports calendar is going to go by the wayside because of it. Because it, you know, again, you're basically putting all these uh, groups at risk of having to shift their operations internationally because the U.S. Uh, is uh, is uh, at risk of turning into a dumpster fire. We'll see how these uh, states reopen, but if nobody's following any guidelines and we're still in the middle of this pandemic, we're just stretching out this whole open versus closed nonsense for uh, months on end. Anyway, uh, I'm done ranting. Uh, uh, so uh, hopefully I didn't uh, tune out the rest of the audience with uh, this message, but that's where we stand with sports right now. Other, other countries are going to have their sports. The U.S., I got my doubts because right now it looks as though we're more interested in just making it look like things are normal. Things are not uh, in a great place right now, but we'll see how things go next couple of weeks. Hopefully they improve. Hopefully my mood gets better, but that's all for now, folks. Uh, Thanks for listening. And uh, until next time. Thanks for listening to the fantasy throwdown podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all other major outlets.